Man, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, that, man, that was crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Here, here's the next customer. Yeah. Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Where you come from? I'm just down the street. Good, man. Can I grab your ID from you? Uh, yeah, sure. Perfect, thank you. you anything to drink tonight? Uh, no, not right now. Nothing? No. Nope. No pre-drinking? No. Nope. Nothing to eat? No. Nope. You weren't eating anything? I mean, I, had a, I grabbed a bite earlier. What'd you have? I had a burger. How long ago was that? Quite an hour ago. An hour ago. Nothing to drink? No. Alright, man. Have a good night. Go on in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old are you? Uh, 18, 19. Ah, interesting. Get out of here. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Bouncerpedia Podcast. Uh, I am Jeff, joined by Mandeep as always. How's it going, everyone? And then we have a special guest today. We have Nicole from Dallas. Yay! How are you doing, Nicole? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Great. Good. So tell us a little about yourself, uh, where you started, what you do now. Well, right now I do absolutely nothing because of COVID, but um, <laughs> I work for Party Town. So I started at McCabe's Kitchener. I was a server, then I went to a bartender, then I went to a supervisor, then a manager, and then I became the general manager. Got bumped over to Dallas, where I was the bar manager, bumped into the general manager, and so I'm the general manager, and I bartend at Dallas, and it's been about 10 years. <laughs> wow. That you've been with the company? With the company, wow, yes. Wow, you're a lifer. Uh, I'm not a lifer. You with the company that Ooh. long. It sounds good. <laughs> the cool people. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know if we're called the cool people, the people who stay here forever, yeah. but we're people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is your best memory of Dallas? You, you've been here, how long have you been at Dallas versus kind of McCabe's and in between? Yeah, so I've been at Dallas for six years now. Okay. Um, what's my best memory? I, the thing with the bar industry is there's so many good memories, and I think that's why it keeps us here so long, yep. is it, it doesn't feel like a job. I feel like I come here to hang out with some awesome people, mingle with some drunk people, and do a job on the sideline. Um, best memory, I would say probably the start and finish of shifts, I think, are my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And why is that? Because the beginning of it, you're catching up with everybody, finding out how their week was, what's going on with their love life, their pets, their kids, whatever's going on. Um, and then at the end of the night, it's telling stories on the night, how the night Everything went. Everything that's happened yeah. throughout the yeah. night. Yeah, you find yeah. out from the security guards what happened out front on the dance floor. You see bits and pieces here and there. And at the end of the night, you get all the stories and fill in the details. Okay. What is something that, if you go back in time, tell yourself? Like a piece of advice, keep this in your back pocket, use it. Or anyone else who's starting to get in the industry who's going to try and get a job as a bartender or a server or something when everything opens back up? A piece of advice. Know that you're not going to get out. <laughs> uh, part of you is always going to be time. in the restaurant slash bar industry. Um, I know a lot of people that have full-time jobs that do this as a side gig or yeah. help out or see try to do weddings or just even backyard like gigs and stuff. Um, you're always going to have your foot in the door somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. So why did you first start at McCabe's as a server? Um, so my first job was actually at a grocery store. 
Okay. That's a very popular one, it seems. <laughs> yeah, actually, Steven, yeah. Steven was on a little while ago. He started at the grocery store. Devin, yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's a very popular job, it seems. <laughs> it seems like that minimum wage high school job. Yeah, right. Uh, and then I went to Subway, and I worked at Subway for a couple of years. And I, I liked it. I liked the fast food style. I liked being part of that um, food industry. But then I kind of got wind of, like, serving and tips and the bar atmosphere. And I enjoyed, I wasn't quite 19, but I did enjoy the thought of going to a bar and I was curious to see so I applied um, originally at Morty's and I became a host there mm -hmm. and that's where I became a server and a bartender mm. I left there and then started with Party Town so I just kind of got my foot in the door and I just ran nice. <laughs> now part of being the bar you end up with all the pub crawls all the special events is there one that Every year, you just go, fuck, not again. It seems like just last night we had this. It's that time again. Yeah. Can I say every single one? I hate them. I honestly hate them with a passion. Now, do you hate them from the manager side of it? The bartending side? All of it. Really? <laughs> All of it. So you're, so you're telling me New Year's, you hate, you hate working New Year's, where all of a sudden you're in the back office, you're drinking a bottle and a half of champagne with everybody. <laughs> that was supposed like, to be kept under secrets, Jeff. <laughs> that's, that's fine. It's, we're just a couple friends talking here. That's okay. Uh, you you hate no. that aspect of it? Everyone getting dressed up, having a good time. Halloween, thinking of all the ideas, getting dressed up. All the fun pictures y'all get to take. See, there's that's a difference. It sounds horrible. <laughs> Shit. There's a difference. Pub crawls? Yeah can kick ass like I hate them they can just be thrown away okay. New Year's Halloween I enjoy those things but they're different so like a pub crawl is students get tickets and they just assume that this ticket is their free pass for the whole night, for the whole night. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how much they drink doesn't matter this doesn't matter that um, but it's their world and we're just living in it and they just it it's more difficult at the door it's more difficult dealing with them and then you have drink specials or they have the drinks on the back of their shirts and as a bartender they oh what can I get for two dollars and you're like nothing not even the shot of that we're offering yeah. as a special and it's just it's annoying and they won't drink water they won't do this they won't do that but when you come to like New Year's or Halloween it's yeah more, I don't know whether it's like, it's actually just a normal bar night, but with a twist on it. So people treat it normally. They still come in like they would on a normal Friday night. They're just dressed up or in costume. Now with the pub crawls, that always brings me back to the night. Our gates collapsed. <laughs> the front door was rushed. We had 200 people trying to I saw this. Rush the front door. Yeah. So I actually saw like a video of what happened when mm -hmm. the gates all broke down at the door yeah. and how crazy it got. So, okay, what happened? Okay, first off, my heart's already beating. Like, <laughs> am I allowed to cry on this? <laughs> no. You're not allowed to cry. <laughs> Honestly, worst night of our lives. And I, I'm going to put us in all of that. You know what? Mandy wasn't even here for that. <laughs> no, but included. I saw it. Yeah. And it wasn't the worst night. 
it was a terrible hour because yeah. once that gate collapsed and everyone rushed the door from when that gate went down door rushed we had everyone cleared and the lineup formed again in 36 minutes yeah honestly the staff for something that we've never trained anybody to yeah. do or be prepared for like you have the basic training and you have this and that but the gates collapsing and the students and buses showing up and more students coming and it Honestly, I don't even know how many people were out front of that door when they started that taking over. With that lineup and everyone out front, I would easily say 200 mm -hmm. people. They were amazing, though. The staff, just they just knew what to do. It was like nobody had to bark orders. It was like, you okay, you're doing that? I'm going over here. And it just it was so smooth. Yeah. The situation was crappy. The way staff handled it made it way better. Yeah. Um, so for everyone listening, go through kind of what happened. So they don't understand, like, what happened with the gates collapsing and rushing the yeah. door. So when a pub crawl happens, um, whoever's running it, he plans buses. Or sorry, it's usually, I forget what his name is, but it's usually one guy. He yeah. plans a bunch of buses, um, and you have teams. So you start at a bar, and after a certain amount of time, it's like, ooh, the DJ comes on, says, like, team five, leave, and the bus takes them to the next location. Um, so with this one is, um, I guess Dallas is a hot spot. So people were skipping where they were supposed to go. So we were only supposed to get 500 people at a time. Um, our capacity is 750, so it's like the perfect give or take room. So what happened was people were skipping where they were going and they ended up coming right to Dallas or and they wanted to be here for the end. Dallas is usually the end bar, which is where everyone ends up at the end of the night or where certain groups are supposed to end up at the end of the night. Yeah. And they know if they don't get here fast enough or they're not part of that team, we cut them off. So they were trying to get here and stay here for the rest of the night. Long story short, we couldn't keep up. The lineup started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, they started pushing. Um, they were getting antsy in the line. And they pushed so much that our gates that are chained together collapsed. Yeah. And this was, this was 12 bars, wasn't it? Yes, because yes. it was green shirts. Yeah, and 12 bars of Christmas, obviously. So it is middle of winter, mm -hmm. very cold. Everyone's huddling together, which causes them to push, which causes what's normally 100 people in the gates to be 150, the 200 people in the gates. Yeah. Which then just breaks them open and, like, literally broke chains open. And this crowd was already kind of rowdy, so as soon as they got released from the gates, they thought, oh, we'll just help ourselves in. And the whole lineup got up and started charging at the door. Yeah. Um, cops were here. We usually have pay duties on scene. Uh, they helped us. We had to take a gate and put it like across the doors to kind of block and hold it. I don't even know how many people we had holding that gate. Not that many. I want to say like three or four for a 40 foot like span of where the gates went across mm -hmm. and from what I remember of the video we're kind of holding it and then just the wave of people from pushing on each other sends that like everything pushing back like mm -hmm. three feet yeah. and you're telling the people at the front of the gate like to back up to let go but they're stuck well, we're the... not trying to tell them to back up because we know there's nowhere for them to go we're trying to get them to move 
to the side. Scoot along the sides and get the fuck out of here. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we know you're being squished. Yeah. But there's nothing we can do. I'm the interesting like, thing is that, yeah, they are being squished, but they don't want to move because they need, they, they, in their minds, they need to get inside. Yeah. Yeah. So they just stand there and it makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I remember the bartenders because we started emptying the club because yeah. we knew we had to handle the front door. Um, and I remember bartenders coming down and being like, hey, Nicole, like, what's going on? There's nobody at my bar. And I just remember turning to them and be like, get back on your bar right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll deal with you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we, and as this is all happening and they're like pushing towards the door, more buses are showing up and people are skipping other bars and running down the streets to join the crowd. So it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like out to the road. We have a massive sidewalk. It's just full of green shirts and people. And then we just, (laughs) I don't even know when the like turn to be like, okay. (laughs) But people just started, like our staff just started going out of the gates and starting at the sidewalk slash road. Sidewalk the back. And just telling, we're closed, we're closed, we're closed, we're closed. And people were upset. They paid tickets. They paid to get into our bar and we were telling them to fuck off and go away and come back. Go down to Elements, one of the the other bars. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's where your night's going to end. Yeah, and it took us a while to, well, actually it wasn't that much. It felt like it took us a while. but. I remember standing beside one of the cops and we were telling everybody to go away and they're like, no, this isn't fair. And they're like, we want to talk to somebody important. And the cop was there and he was like, well, I'm not going to do anything. You got to go. And they're like, well, we want to speak to a manager. And so I was standing right beside him and I was like, well, I'm the manager and I'm telling you to go. And they're like, well, you can't do that. I'm going to talk to the cop. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, we're both standing here and we both said leave and it's just, but yeah. And then. We had everybody disappear, they went away, and then we started a line up against the wall, and the first ID getting checked back in was 36 minutes. It was just over half an hour from yeah. when everything happened. 36 minutes sticks in my head, yeah. but it was, at the time, seemed like a long time. It did. Yeah, when you're at that front door, like I've done many of these bunny hops and things, the time doesn't seem like it moves at all. Like, especially when there's a problem, it just seems like the night is dragging. So even a half an hour will seem like it's been two hours and you check your, your watch and it's like, oh, like, they're still coming. It's still, still going to get worse, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the lineup never ends because no. just as you get that last one in, those new buses are coming. It's just that, that rotation of them. The worst feeling is that when you finally get the last person in, it's actually the end of the night. So they're all going to be coming out within yeah. like four or five minutes. Like it's, it's that crazy. And you guys have to deal with people talking in circles. Like, yeah. I was getting annoyed Donuts? just being out there. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have to deal with him every night, but it works for us, so. <laughs> um, but just when people are drinking, they're just constantly, well, I'm allowed to be in. Or you, you literally say the same thing yeah. over and over again. And It's the same conversation with different people. Yeah. Yes, you bought a ticket. Doesn't mean I have to let you in. Yes, yeah. you're too drunk. Yes, I know you fucked my mom. And just the same thing. I know you make more than I do. Yeah. You know what's actually a really good question I have since you were a manager is how much actual training do people get that work in bars? On what side of things? <laughs> Let's like as anything. As like just a bartender or just as a security guard, how much training do they actually get? Yeah, so it depends on how you come into the bar. So if you're a newbie and you're coming into the bar, we're not gonna throw you on the main bar and say go. 
um, you're going to start as like a cocktail waitress, which is serving VIPs. You're going to yeah. get your foot in the door. It's the same with a restaurant. You'll start as a host or an expo and you'll understand how the bar goes. You get to watch things and go from there. Um, they usually, when I do that, I usually keep them on cocktail for about six months to a year. Um, really get in there. I want them to understand the expectations. Right. And then we can slowly move them up. So at each position, when they become a bartender, we usually do, well, I would say like a week of training, which Friday, Saturday, it's kind of like, I guess, a month of training where you're on a bar with a bartender for questions. A lot of the bar training, though, is throw you in the fire. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, okay, this is what's in this drink. This is what's this drink. You know, I'm expecting right. you to do that. That's you your have, You have to job. do some of your homework and figure out all the drinks. Yeah. Well, not necessarily all of them, but you're going to get the main yeah. idea of what's popular and what you need to figure out. Yeah. And if not, you fake it till you make it, and yeah. they either say, oh, that's really good, I love it, or they go, no, this ain't right. No. I remember the first time I was a bartender, someone asked me what a screwdriver was, and I was like, you get a beer. Here you go. <laughs> that's the exact same thing I did. Yeah. I was like, when I, I was know. When I was working at Wax, and yeah. they were short a bartender, and I... Said, oh, I'll, I'll do it for nights. It's a slow Saturday night. Yeah. Someone came up, and if it wasn't like rum or coke or something simple, beer, I, I didn't order that. You're getting a beer. You got a Budweiser. That was all I gave you. And apparently, I'm a big intimidating guy again. So they kind of look at me and go, 250, give me my money. I'm going to reach across this bar and take it. You get your 250 and maybe quarter for, for next time. I was going to say, you guys were making that many good tips that night then, eh? Uh, oh, <laughs> I cleaned up. I, I made like $6. <laughs> Fallen. Uh, but like, it, so like you also, like you have security. Mm-hmm. How much sec- how much training do security guards get when they come to Dallas here? See, you have to have your security license when you come into Dallas. Um, with that, we you should have the basic knowledge of what a security guard does. When it comes to training, we, we have you follow around like our floor supervisor or one of our senior staffs, and you usually do that for, I'd say like a month of just basic um, places. We put you in positions that aren't as heavy. You're a pylon. Yeah, okay, you're, you're a pylon. You're a pylon. <laughs> uh, you go in positions like washroom checks, so your job for the night is to make sure no alcohol goes down the stairs in the bathroom, yeah. or say upstairs. Um, where the action isn't as heavy as, say, the dance floor. Um, this way you can observe. Um, we find a lot of people. You learn by watching. That's true. Yeah, It's the same sort of thing as the bartender, where you're going to watch and see what happens to get a better idea of how things need to be done or what you're looking for. And like she said, like a big part of the job is you're literally just watching people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. upstairs at Dallas, you can literally see 90% of the bar from upstairs. You can see everyone walking and what's happening on the dance floor a lot better than even some of the guys who are supposed to be watching just the dance floor. Yeah. Um, Because you are up above, you can see a lot better. Um, So at a point where it is kind of a pylon job where you're not expected to do as much, it is an important job because you can pick out who was fighting, where they went, and keep a better eye on the situation after it happened without being down there and not being able to see where this guy went. Yeah. Like I know when I started here, uh, I was actually with Jeff, 
Jeff showed me where all, everything was. We stood up, stood up by the balcony up there. This kind of, he's like, showed me everything there. He pointed to each bar, told me what number it was. And then uh, the following week, I started. And he's like, okay, you're here. <laughs> but I know, like, when I started my first security job, it was, okay, you came into the bar. I need you just stand here all night. This is your simple task. Do this all night long. Yeah. And then you stay there for a while. So, like, I don't think you actually get real training as a security guard. You kind of have to figure it out There's, as you go. You can't specifically train for a lot of the things. Yeah. Situations are always different where, yeah, you know, you can kind of talk and these are some of the things to go over when talking to someone. Yeah. But there's no, you say this, they say this, you say this, they say this, you do this, they do this. True. So there's, it's, you can't train too much for it. It has to happen and you go from there and you learn each time and you kind of build on what you've used and go from there. Yeah. So how how long, Nicole, do you think it takes to go from being a pylon to like a good guard that can handle themselves? See, I think in this industry it takes a lot of common sense. Yeah. And unfortunately, not a lot of people have that. So when yeah. you are a pylon, that's kind of when we, I'm going to say rank you. We're going to find out how quick you learn, how, how much you're observing. Can you handle a situation? Are you quick on your feet? Um, and then based on how you react towards little situations like a coat check problem. Hey, let's send the new guy over because this girl lost her ticket and she's crying. Let's see how he handles this situation. It's not a life-threatening situation. There's nothing crazy. If you say the wrong thing, it's not the end of the world. Right. Handle how you see that situation. And then we can bump you up. People like you guys, um, you get it. And you guys walked in and we're on the dance floor. Um, other people... Untrue. I don't think I've ever worked dance floor. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, other people are washroom and coat check, or and they stay there. Yeah. But but you can see that they don't care to be any further. They That's what they are okay with. And they're yeah. just here for a paycheck, and then there's other ones that have their heart and soul in it and enjoy it. And that's the ground for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know what? So, like... One thing that always people say to all the bouncers that, oh, you must make like $15 an hour. This is your only job. Uh, but you've worked with a lot of people, obviously. And you've probably seen a lot of the guys. that they Most of the times, they have other jobs, right? Oh, 100%. I, it might even be just another security job. They might work yeah. at the mall or at um, an office building, and yeah. they just sit on the cameras and they work that kind of security. Um, I know some that did the LRT security, and then they would come here on the weekends. Um, this isn't, the bar industry is not really a career job unless you are involved in a bar that's open seven days a week. Yeah. Or that company owns several bars that you flip flop around can, every yeah. week. And that's true. Like it, it depends on because yeah, if you're up there in the security manager or the floor supervisor, then positions and shifts are more available, and you're the first one they call um, because they own a bunch of different bars. Whenever there's say like Blues Fest downtown Kitchener, well, the restaurants that normally don't have security guards are going to need security guards, so you're yeah. called to those. Yeah. Now, is there? advice you'd give a new bartender starting out? Actually, we're 
I'm over that, so never mind. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing that you would give yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So what, okay, so for, like, a new, someone that comes in as a busser sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like, Jeff was saying he started as a busser as well, so. That job sucked. Yeah. That's the worst. That was terrible. <laughs> so do people come in asking to be a busser, or, like, they just get placed there? Some people actually do. So what we usually do is we just put like an ad up and this is what we're hiring for. And a lot of people come in and say, hey, I've never worked in the bar before. I'll give me anything. Mm, and they usually okay. get placed on coat check or bussers. And, but that's just the basic entry into the bar industry. Let's see what you got and then work your way up from there. Um, some people have come in with busing or beer running um, experience and that's what they want to do and that they love it. Um, and then some people come in and you're like, no, you would be a better security guard. So, you know, come see. We'll put you as a busser for the night. Yeah. See how that is. And if you're interested in it and want to be a security guard, then go get your license and we can go from there. Now, what fun stories do you have from, <laughs> from your side of the bar? Do bartenders have inside jokes with each other when you're working together? Do you do certain things if people are being dicks? What's, what's your, do you guys play games with each other? Yeah. To make like, your night go by faster. Like, do you have, like, I was, I was like, how you guys security guards walk around and hit each other in the dicks? <laughs> Stuff okay. like that is what you're thinking. Well, yes. we don't really yeah? walk around hitting each other in the dicks. Oh, sorry. Try to, I don't know what the point of the game is. I don't know that game. <laughs> I don't like getting hit in the dick. So I'm not going to walk around doing it to other people. Uh, uh, your dick graze. A, di- a dick graze is very using, different. That's using, a sign of affection and trust. <laughs> and using your flashlight to hit someone else's dick is still hitting their dick. I I've never thrown my flashlight at someone again. That <laughs> I didn't say throw. Expensive. Yeah, they're like 150 bucks sometimes. These flashlights. <laughs> okay, but okay. do you guys do some yeah. stuff like this? Tell us about that side of the bar. We don't experience it. We don't know yeah. what goes on. So. I've worked both restaurant and nightclub bartending. Let's stick and they're more on the nightclub side. Complete opposite. Nightclub is way better. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, we all have our inside jokes. We bartenders like to vent. We like to bitch about things, even though Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> even though we have fun, we love our job, and we walk away with amazing tips at the end of the night, we still sit there and bitch about every little thing. Um small things like the debit machine do not pay debit at a nightclub just don't do it like bring cash I'm not pulling out the debit machine for a four dollar beer for you to sit there mess it up drop it spill something on it and have me waste my time while you're doing payment so we usually hide it um, or we we give it to the other bartender and send them to that bartender so we'll be like oh uh, you know, Elise down there, she's got the dev machine, <laughs> you have to go pay with her, or, yeah, oh, well, I want to do here, no, sorry, go see her, and then, you know, you get the evil eye from them, or, um, other people, too, like, depends on who you're working with, I, Katie and I on the bar, we both have dancing backgrounds, so we line dance behind the bar, um, you throw Travis and I behind the bar, and Travis is a little mouse that is nervous, so you bully him. You, you, you purposely push him or try to mess up his night so that he gets a little bit more flustered because it's funny. He gets a little flustered and, and he does his whole arms waving, head shaking, <laughs> ah! Yeah, I remember that one. And 
yeah, so it depends on who you're working with can change the way the night is, but there's there's people that you cling, you, you go along mm -hmm. with great, and the night is smooth, and you're throw, I've, I've, uh, yelled over to the one bartender said, I need a Canadian, and they've opened their fridge and they've thrown it across the bar. And there's like, I don't know, I'm bad at looking at how far away we are, but it's like... You got about 10, 15 feet. Yeah, and they throw it at you and you open it and it explodes and you're like, and you still give it to the customer and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> at least it was Can't cool. Can't waste it, yeah. yeah. Now, the big question everyone always asks, how often do you water down all the alcohol? Never. No, what are you talking about? Never. This drink is not <laughs> strong enough. Why? Well, why do people say that then? I think it used to be a thing way back in the day, but it's completely against the law. So I purposely, when I empty a bottle and I have to reach into my cabinet and grab a new one, I purposely turn my body to my audience, I guess. The crowd. And crack it. I know you can't hear it over the music, but yeah. it You're shows. You're going to wave down, Chris. Turn turn down the music. <laughs> the bartender's opening a new bottle. Oh, put the light on you and you get that crisp. Crack, 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 crack. Oh, she's opening a new Ooh. bottle. <laughs> that fresh rum. <laughs> no. Watering down is not a thing. Making it stronger is not a thing unless you're going to pay for it. Whenever you lean over the bar and you wink at me and say, hey, you want to put a little extra in there? No. Nah. No, no, I don't. And if you think somebody is, there is one trick to do that. I think they were asking for your number, not extra booze. Oh. Just <laughs> if you put if you put the straw in the cup yeah. before you pour the liquor in it and pour the liquor so it falls like around and in the straw yeah. and then fill it up, their uh, first sip's gonna be pure alcohol. Therefore it's true. stronger. Yes. And they think their drink is stronger for the rest of the night. Yes. Nobody actually puts more alcohol in it for them, unless you're going to pay for a double. So, like, what size bottles do you guys normally use? Here we do, or at Dallas, we do um, just normal 355 milliliter bottles, I think they're... 355? Milliliters? No, I mean, I mean, like, of, like a spirit. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, beer, we do this. You can't water down a beer. <laughs> yeah. No. It goes um, flat. We do um, 1.4 liters. 1.4 liters? 1.4, isn't it? How, how many a 40 ounces, liter. How many ounces are in, in a shot? <laughs> uh, bartenders are not good at math or distance or um, we're pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have calculators to do our math for us. Okay, um, our rails are 40 liters. And then when it comes to like, like your... Red sourpuss, they're 750 milliliters. Well, we're not asking about bottle sizes. What are you asking? How then? much alcohol do you put in the <laughs> in the cup? Oh, for an order. Okay. Yes. Now we got somewhere. So a typical like drink, like yeah. a rum and coke or a vodka crayon, is one ounce. One ounce. Okay. One ounce. And of how alcohol. many ounces is in a bottle? Forty. Forty. So how many drinks do you make out of it? Forty. Forty, right? Unless they order doubles. Unless they order doubles. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> that took us a long time to get there. <laughs> 100%. Right? So, in an average night, you could probably go through a lot of bottles. Yeah. Right? Potentially. Depending on what people are ordering. Right? And then beer, you just go through the bottle. Do you, you give the bottle or you put it into, into a cup? Here, we give them the bottle. Yeah. Um, if it's a concert or sometimes a special event, we'll put it in cups just for the safety of whoever's on stage. Gotcha. So, funny story about that. So, at... Um, Oktoberfest at the Concordia Club. There's these ladies there 
that they've been there forever serving drinks. You've probably been to them. You've probably been to, mm-hmm. been to them as well. Um, but they, they have 26-ounce bottles there, and they would fly through them. But out of one 26-ounce bottle, they would make 40 drinks. Mm. What? Yes. <laughs> they would make 40 drinks out of a 26-ounce bottle. That means that they were short-pouring everybody. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so that was always a thing there. Because I would watch, and then I would see these ladies, like, do it and do it really quickly. I'm like, that wasn't, that wasn't a full, full yeah. ounce. A full ounce. No. I've never been sober enough at Oktoberfest to even look. Nobody right is, but I, I <laughs> But as a security guard, I watch like everybody now and see what they're doing. They're always short pouring. Yeah. Um, so it's always interesting. I've heard of bartenders short pouring or over short pouring and then over pouring for their friends. That way, like by the end of the night, you're breaking even kind of thing. Yeah. Um, those are the sneaky things. Uh, it is. We've, we've caught bartenders doing that before. Mm-hmm. You get fired from it. We understand, like, you kind of want to, but, again, this is this is a business, and we have rules to follow. Yeah. You can't short one customer to help your friend out. Yeah. That's not fair to the customer. Yeah, I feel like it's a very old-school thing, mm-hmm. doing short pouring. Yeah. yeah. But 90% of the time, it's you're pouring into the shot glass anyways. So everyone's seen. You're getting your full amount. It's not watered down. No. What's interesting with those shot glasses as well... I don't know if they're here, but where I used to work at the Revolution. So if you filled the shot glass all the way to the rim while it's sitting on a table, it was full. And then as soon as you put a piece of paper on it and flip it, it would actually be half of the shot. I've never done that. I've seen it. I know the ones that... What the fuck are that... you both talking about? <laughs> yeah. The shot glasses. So because the way they're made is the bottom inside is very narrow and then it opens up. Yeah. Right? So if... And then... You never fill it up right to the top. So because it's so much wider... Because you, there's so much volume still at the top. Okay, I get, I get what Yeah, so then as soon as you put like a piece of paper and flipped it, it would all drop to all the empty space yeah. and it wouldn't be a full shot ever. They're like, they come on a box that say one ounce, yeah. but they're definitely like 0.9 ounces. Or yeah. They're, they're not a full ounce. Ever. But I think they take that in consideration because if you're making a drink... Well, no, I can't speak for shots, but if you're making a drink... Usually, when you're speed bartending, you don't really, like, watch it all the way to the top and then stop the bottle and then pour the shot glass. You're usually yeah, pouring it and pouring the shot glass kind of as you're still pouring the liquor, so... I've seen I've seen you do that. Like, I can see you do, like, four drinks. I'm like, huh, that's, yeah. that's talent. Yeah. When I was bartending, it was definitely one. Yeah, <laughs> one. exactly. Wait, one. Oh, not, not, not enough, little pour, and then, oh, yeah, dump it in. Yeah. Spill all over the bar and be like, fuck it. Oh, I missed. You yeah. get a beer. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like trying to jump the, like if you're pouring, say, like five tequilas, you can pour the shots and jump it from shot to shot. So the flow of the liquor actually stops for that second and you don't yeah. spill any on the bar. You make a little bubble in And it. then you look really cool. Yes. Ooh, with fancy pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, if we flirt with you, do we get a free drink? No. no. Okay. <sighs> The secret's out. Okay, let's go. (laughs) No, there is no free drinks. Um, I give... Okay, I'm not going to speak for every single bartender. When I give out a free drink, I aim for um, birthday people. I usually give, like, a birthday shot. Um, If regulars, usually if they come back and they come right to my bar, you... At Dallas, you have to remember, there's like seven bartenders out. So they're all over the place. And so when you get somebody that comes just to you or 
runs around and looks to see where you are, and they're like, oh, Nicole, there you are. Like, you get a shot, because you literally ran this whole bar to find me. Um, you know what? If there's, like, a really nice group of people, or <laughs> my favorite is, like, if uh, after a Christmas party you have, like, the older folks come in, and by older I mean, like... <laughs> 25 to 30 Jeez, compared what? to the 19 <laughs> yeah. Those are the so, older people. Wow. You, have to, you have to think about it. You're serving like 19, 20 year olds all night long. So yeah, when yeah. somebody else comes up, you're like, oh man, okay, this round's on me. Um, but no, like the whole flirting with bartenders and we're <laughs> such a touchy subject. But okay, I find bartenders have a higher tolerance when it comes to being hit on. Um, we, we can sit there and you can flirt with us all night. We know how to handle ourselves. We know how to politely push you down. Um, now, do you actually push them down or do you flirt back all night trying to get more to money get out of them? Finesse them a little. The thing is, we're here to serve you. So if I'm going to wink or I'm going to lean over the bar a little bit more to hand over my shot, uh, why not, right? Okay. But at the same time, like, no, I don't want your number. No, I don't want to meet you at the pizza place after this or anything like that like my pizza's not good enough pizza's delicious just burrito, burrito sober guy. people oh, okay. <laughs> burrito, burrito spot <laughs> with sober people and the staff instead of now um, what happens if you get caught flirting with somebody nothing happens nothing i don't come in oh. rack your knuckles with a, with a bottle opener okay so jeffy and i had this thing <laughs> a few years back now um where if you were distracted doing your job, we would walk over, stand beside you while you put your hand out, and we would take a bottle opener, one of those metal bottle openers, and hit your knuckles. So because I was a bar manager, um, I'd be behind the bar, and every once in a while I'd walk around the bar just to check on everybody, see if everyone has their change, make sure no bathrooms need to be covered. So anytime I came off bar and Jeff was not paying attention to the customers on the dance floor and was chit-chatting with a lovely little girl, um, oh. I would walk up to him and slap his uh, <laughs> knuckles with a beer opener. And then he would come behind the bar. And you, honestly, like, it wasn't even flirting. I would be just talking to customers and just, I would be, a, it would be a slower night, so I'd be, like, leaning on the bar with my hands in my, or my head in my hands and... He'd walk over and just the head shake, and he would be like, "Whatever, just just hit my hand." <laughs> no, 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 whatever. You knew when you were flirting. I knew when you were flirting. I know everything that goes on in this bar. Interesting. So, like, I did make good money those days. <laughs> she admits it. I was trying to lie. I knew what was going okay, on. Okay, but okay. Flirting you for the tips or for the number? Oh, tips, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I can go buy myself pizza <laughs> at the end of a shift with tips. What That's can I do true. with your number? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like um, you can teach teach someone to drink water or you can lead the horse to the river to drink water, right? Yeah. I've never heard it put yeah. that way. Well, you know, I'm sure you guys say it a different way, but I don't remember what the actual saying is. But you can lead, lead a horse to that, water, but you can't force him to drink. That's what it is. So you can have, you can have water forever then. Yeah. You can have the pizza forever. And then for here, we're not allowed to drink on the job. So, okay. you know, yeah, the customer's yeah. like, oh, let me buy you a shot, let me buy you a shot. You just say, oh, like, I can't drink, but, like, if you leave a couple extra bucks as a tip, 
I'll buy myself a drink afterwards. And you just never buy yourself a drink afterwards. And you just <laughs> need some extra tips. Just buy yourself that slice but, of pizza. Okay, bartenders, yes, there is flirting. But security guards, you guys are just as bad. Whoa, you no, are no, just no, as what? bad. Don't group all security <laughs> together. Yeah. Because I am the worst person to try and flirt with while I'm working. I look Why, like... Why, you cute AF? Yeah, but I still look like the oldest, grumpiest son of a bitch. And they and, still hang out. And no one wants to come talk to me. They mm. try to, in, in an attempt to bypass line, get a free drink, get their friends in, whatever. And it is the worst mistake you will ever make. Because I will probably verbally berate you down and earn my $2 and make you cry. Okay. So, but like, at, at some point... When, okay, at the end of the night, when they're coming out of the bar to talk to you, I am so sick of them, and that is they, again, but, but at that point, now they're just hitting on you for you. They're not even they're not even trying to get in. You're trying to get in next week. That's trying, that's what it they're is. Trying, they're trying to get something in. Do you think people do this? Do you think they come to the bar to hit on the guard so they can come in next week for free? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh, do you have an example Sorry, of this? The door guy. How many times have you had somebody come up and being like? Yeah, I know so-and-so. He's the bouncer inside. Uh, he said I can get in. And you're like, mm, are you on guest list? Nope, sorry. <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> I've told one story that somebody came up to the door and said they knew Mandeep. They told me that they knew Mandeep. I was like, oh, interesting. That's great for you. <laughs> where, where is he? Call is he him. a nice guy? Or yeah. Like, yeah. I heard he's a douche. <laughs> Fuck that guy. We fired him. <laughs> Almost after all the people he let in, man, oh man. right? Um, it is. It's one hundred percent. They're they're flirting with you so that they can give you their coats, so you put them behind your bar, so they don't have to go through coat check, or yeah. you know, or they they can do a tab with you, and they know they'll get like a complimentary drink here and there. Or what if they genuinely like, just want to get to know you? Yeah, no. Maybe you looked hungry. They just want to feed you. <laughs> no. Then bring me a slice of pizza. <laughs> the, the, the people who I actually like do something for are the ones that would bring me a coffee. Be like, Listen, I know you're staying out here in the cold, and here's here's a coffee. I saw you a few weeks, and you just stand out here. I will let that person in. What 100%. if some What if someone came to just give you a coffee and didn't want to go inside, just wanted to give you a coffee and stand with you? Did you think they'd be genuine, or do you think they just want something from you? I don't think anyone that. Yeah, I don't. That's never happened. <laughs> well. That's, that's 18 years that's never happened. Sucks to suck, I guess. I know one <laughs> time. I don't... Were you here? You might have been here while you were there. Probably. But you were there. Um, it, was a, it was like Frost Weekend or Frost Weekend. And yeah, yeah. these people hopped out of a cab or an Uber right at the door and they were holding two Take 12 Tim's cups. Yes, yes. And they were like, we brought coffee! And we were like, what? And we were at capacity. The line was stopped or whatever. And they... They brought coffee for all the security guards and was hoping to get in. And everyone was like, sorry, no bribes, like, back of the line. And so they gave us the coffee and went to the back of the line. Really? I'm pretty sure you guys took the coffee. Yeah. I was just, I 100% Scott took, took the coffee. coffee. He definitely got but put at, at, uh, at the same boot. time, I, at that point, I probably would have done something for them. And be like, when we get some capacity, you guys can go in. But I don't remember that happening. You don't remember that? No. Oh, I was. It was funny. I was like, "Oh, good on you guys. Good thoughts." <laughs> That's fair. What? So, what is some of the weirdest things you've seen at the front door? I know a lot of times when I was working there, you would kind of just show up, 
and yeah. like I wouldn't hear you coming, but you just kind of like be right behind us. And what's something that's really funny or stands out that you saw us doing, or something that's happened with customers? I I love watching you guys like just tell somebody they can't come in. Yeah. Because it it goes like two ways. It goes oh, okay, and they accept it and they leave, or it turns into a girl crying and refusing to get up because she can't, she doesn't want to not go, like, not come in, and, and then you have, like, the guy who thinks he's going to beat the shit out of you, and my dad's a lawyer, and it's just, it's so fascinating to see what people come up with when, you know, you're like, hey, you just can't come in tonight. That's fair. It's so weird because, yeah, you can't come in tonight, come back tomorrow. You've had too much to drink, and it turns into this big thing, and all of a sudden, you're a regular here, you just fucked up. Now you're not coming in for a month. Yep. You keep it up two months. We've banned people for six months because they just run their mouth or they start fighting us. and All because it's 12, 30, 1 o'clock and you should probably go home anyways, call it night, and you don't. Yeah. Smoke pit's also something interesting to watch. I just like coming out and seeing how people mingle. and It's uh, being on the bar, you see... You see, say, a guy or a group of girls, you see how they handle themselves at the bar. They're coming up to the bar, they're leaning in, the guy next to them buys them their drink, blah, blah, blah. And then you go out to check the front door and you see them in the smoke pit and they're telling stories on how they got at this from that guy and what their next plan or turns into, oh my God, he talked to another girl. Like, it's just like, oh my God, tell me the rest of your night. <laughs> yeah. This is true. You know, a lot of the times, I've like when I'm standing at a bar watching people, there'd be like a guy would come up and like buy. So there either be the girl would be really receptive to getting a drink or whatever, and just like won't actually talk. But then there'll be that other friend that comes and just is like the mother hen that doesn't want anyone <laughs> to talk to their friends. Why yeah. do you guys do that? Oh, oh, now this is like personal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think I've ever really been the mother hen. Really? You've oh. never been? No, no. You've maybe never denied someone dating, like, I don't know, like your sister or something. Okay. No, you can't date my sister. Like, that's just the thing. Like, Why not? Beca because that's a whole different, like, <laughs> that's not even, that's a big sister, not a mother hen. But it's the same sort of thing. It's yeah. a, a nice, See, okay. a nice guy. A caretaker. Like, much like Mandy. Maybe trying to give his number to your sister and <laughs> if, you coming in and scrunching it into a ball and throwing it back at him. Yeah, because you don't do that. Why? Off limits. It's just how it is. Says who? <laughs> Says me. Well, who do you, you're just a bartender. No one. All right, going back to like the bar scene. I've been, okay, I guess I've been like a mother hen to like maybe some guy friends. When I'm like, I'm like, okay, this this bitch is just playing you for drinks. Like, stop it. Like, you're yeah. wasting your money. Like, I'm sure she's super nice. But, like, she's literally with that guy over there. Like, and you see the situation. So I've maybe been like, hey, you know, stop it. But I don't. Oh, and maybe, okay, <laughs> mother hen, if it was my friend, it's like, okay, like, say, like, you know, they just went through a big breakup and we were coming to hang out and they were all over somebody. Then I'd be like, okay, like. Let's not make these choice tonight. Like, you know, you know, they ask you to do that. Unless they're like, let's get fucked up. I'm going to fuck anything. Then you're like, hey, go. Like, have fun. But if they're like, no, I just need a night to, like, relax and enjoy myself and be out with the girls, then you're going to interrupt and you're going to stop that. 
fair. Terrible. Terrible. Girls are awful, though. So yeah. this one time, <laughs> I, agree. Um, I had a regular. He came in, um, and he usually does a tab with me, I'll take his credit card. Um, super nice. Um, always no big deal. If he gets kicked out because he's drunk, he always tells the bouncers that he has a tab with me, so they make sure he pays up with me. Like, he's so good. So the one time, he's single. He comes in, and he has this girl around his, like, arms around each other, like, they're, I was like, oh, who is this? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so, like, she's here with me tonight, so he starts a tap. And so they they order a round of drinks, they order shots, um, no biggie, Um, and then they go away. And then they both come back, and he doesn't need a drink, but she does, and he kind of gives me the nod. So he's like, yeah, whatever she wants. So... Throughout the night, she kept coming, he kept coming, she kept coming, and so everything went on the tab. Well, we had a big issue at the end of the night, because apparently they had a big fight at some point. um, And she abused his tab. And it wasn't that much. It was like 100 bucks, which isn't a bad for regular that comes all the time. 100 bucks is kind of average. It's kind of of standard. But he was mad at me at the end of the night when I gave him his tabs. And he's like, well, I'm not paying for her drinks. And it's like, well, where in there were you supposed to tell me that, you know, it's not okay? Like, you have to fill me in. You started, you guys were, I didn't know. I just thought she was still on the dance floor and you're coming to get drinks or she was coming to get drinks. And that was, we had, there was a big fight. He ended up getting banned. There was a big fight because he refused to pay and I was like, pay. And then I gave him the debt machine and then another guy behind him was like, just pay his bill. And he turned around and he went to go fight this bigger guy and then they I remember wrestled. that one, yes. They wrestled and I'm trying to grab the debit machine yep. out of his hand, which is also why we don't do debit at a bar. Um, I'm putting my hand on the bar as they're going down so they don't smoke their head. And so like I'm leaning across it. And it's like, guys, like this isn't my fault <laughs> like at all. Pay the bill. Like... Um, but yeah, she 100% was just using him for his tab. Once she found out that he had a tab and she could get away with it, she kept coming back. She never came back with another guy or anything. She would just come up by herself, get two drinks, and leave. But yeah, and then he got banned for a while. Yes. Yeah. He was a douche. He was. And then he was an <laughs> even bigger douche outside. Yeah. And he tried getting in my face about it, saying the same sort of thing. And I don't like that. And you get the... Do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah, you're a person that spends money here every Friday, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> not, not, not even anything crazy. You don't get VIP. You're not getting bottles. You're, you're spending, like you said, 80 to to $100. Like, yeah. like, it's a big thing. and It's really not. Nope. Yeah, kind of, for the average person to come every week, spend 80 to $100 a night, it adds up. But when you're doing it every weekend, and it's, it's not that much. Yeah. It's interesting, so that you said that special thing that we always talk about is do you know who I am do you do you get that at the bar people say do you know who I am sometimes it's not as common as I hear it with security guards or trying to get in um you don't you don't really get free stuff the the do you know who I am is more to like get in the door or get themselves in you get it a couple times um where you'll be like they're like do you know who I am but it's more like like excited like Hey, I I know somebody that you would know, or like, do you? It's not like, do you know who I am? Like, and if they start that, then I just call a security guard over to my <laughs> bar. So that we you can, can figure hear. out who they are. We can find <laughs> out who we did hear it at the door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, though, you guys are lifesavers, like security guards. Just anytime there's a little bit of a an argument when you're like, yeah, 
I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, that or all of a sudden we look over and you and Travis are jumping over the bar <laughs> trying to break up two guys who are fighting when it's like, there's security five feet away walking towards this. <laughs> to be to deal fair, with it. when I jumped the bar to break up the fight, it was a girl beating the shit out of a guy. She was punching his face. Good. So when I saw it, I was like, there's no female security guards on tonight. So I, I went in to deal with the female security. And now, I was just, hoping that the other bartender was calling the security guards for just me. Just so you and everyone know, <laughs> men as security can still put their hands yes. on females. They we, can go into the ladies' bathroom. We yeah. can do anything oh. we need to yeah. because we are securing the premises. So anyone who's like, oh, you can't do this because you're a guy, it's 100% we incorrect. We, we, we are can, legally out to do all that stuff. We can forcibly remove you from the premises. We can hold your arms and walk you out, which seems to boggle a lot of people's minds. Yeah. You can't touch me. I'm a girl. Sadly, doesn't mean anything, especially after you just tried to punch me in the face. Yeah, and sometimes it is easier just to have the female securities deal with the females because then you don't get that bitching all the way out or at the front door and then it's a big scene. But I remember one time we we went in the bathroom because there was a girl puking and the male security guard went in and she was a big fit. So then I got called in, so I went in. And so we kept the male security guard was there. We removed him. And so the first thing she did when she got up to the front was went right to the cop that was at the front door. There was a male in the boys' bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't care. She's like, no, that's not right, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, if you didn't leave the bathroom, who do you think the next person in there would have been? Me. I'm a male cop. I would have also been in the girl's bathroom getting you out of there. And yeah. She was like, ugh, and then walked away. And it was just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know why that always boggled my mind when girls would say that. Like, what do you expect to happen? Like, I don't know. One of I those like things that, that just kind of, you yeah. have to shake your head about when they say. But yeah. with the manager side and you being able to jump off bars sometimes and Mandy was saying all of a sudden you are outside what do you see when you see a bunch of us in a fight what are you doing at that point what goes through your mind yeah that's actually a good question that's good so if I walk and something's happening the first thing that I do is I look around I kind of I want to see where all of our people are um if there's anybody that's struggling or more in danger than, say, another person, how everyone's handling. But mainly, I go right away and I do crowd control. Um, big fights or little fights, anything that's causing a commotion usually gathers a crowd. And then the worst part of a fight is having those people that are in the crowd join the fight. And that's causing. So usually the first thing I do is I go out there and I kind of look around and like see what's going on. But then I watch the crowd and see, okay, it, where is it gathering? Is one a person? Um, I don't want somebody randomly coming up and jumping on the back of the security guard that has another person pinned down. The worst are girlfriends. Mm -hmm. When a guy is down on the ground or the securities have him under control and the girl comes flying out and she's losing it, get off him! That's where the crowd control comes. Please right. step back, you know. Um, other situations, crowd control, making sure everyone's okay, and either calling the cops or whatever needs to happen if we don't have cops on scene, or just witnessing what's going around. I'm making all these notes because every night you guys have to write your witness reports. Um, so I'm, I'm standing on the outside looking in so I can see that Jeff's doing this. I can see Mandy's doing this. I can see, oh, this girl's over here losing her shit. I got to go deal with her and keep an eye on everybody. 
Yeah. And it, 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 it does help because you can be that calmer head that comes in. After we've been fighting with someone, we're not the ones that just beat up their boyfriend. You're someone who's on the outside, calm, that someone can vent to for that little bit and calm themselves down and feel their voice got heard. And it's not to the security manager who was just rolling around on the ground with, with their boyfriend. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's always the benefit for us to have you come in and kind of take that step back with them and get yelled at for a little bit. And, and as much as, as nice as I sound, um, I can lose my shit real quick. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I turn into like the, people call me like the disappointed mom. I don't even like yell. I just look at them and go like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> it was interesting. Actually, once I was right at the front about to kick the guy out the door and I was just arguing with this guy. And you came out of nowhere and started yelling too. And him and I both stopped, looked at you, and were like, okay. And he walked out the door. <laughs> yeah. There have been very few times I remember you yelling at somebody. But one particular is, I want to almost say it was New Year's. But there was a cop got punched in the face across the street. Josh and I ran over. We're fighting with this guy. And one of your bartenders came over mid-fight, <laughs> came over and asked me for the keys to the bathroom. And I remember looking up at her and just being like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's just standing there. Like, I'm wrestling with this guy and two cops. And you think this is the time to come over and ask for his bathroom keys? Also, I, I think be, I know who this was. The girl from up there. Right? <laughs> I don't know where she To be from. fair, there's like five bathroom keys in the whole building. Yeah. Jeffy had one. I had one. The beer runners have one. Josh has Josh one. Josh has one. There, there's other options than the person out in the parking lot yeah. dealing with something. But I remember once that situation finished, I, I don't know if she got keys eventually, whatever, but <laughs> I came to you and I told you, like, I'm ready to fire this chick and, like, so get what her happened? away from me. Don't ever let this happen again. I was on bar and... I don't know who it was, whether it was the, the stamp person or a pylon, comes to my bar and they're like, Jeffy needs you out front. And those are the worst words you want to hear when you're bartending because when Jeffy needs you out front, you're like, why? Like something obviously went down. Jeff, Jeff being the security manager at that time, he doesn't jump into a fight unless he absolutely needs something. So when yeah. Jeffy can't tell me or come get me or handle it himself and you have somebody else coming in and tell me to get me you're like oh fuck so I'm like what and he's like oh he just needs you and it's like okay so I run out front and I run out there and they're wrestling somebody and I'm like oh okay well everybody's covered like there's nothing I can do here and the security guard were at the door I was like they're more helpful than I am and you just turned around and you were like you I don't even know what you said to me but you were angry and you're like telling me that she came to get keys, and I was like, okay, I'll go handle it. Yeah. <laughs> I was on, like, legit, I was ready to fire her on the spot, find yeah. out where she was, to like, pack her shit, get the fuck out. So like, I walked back in, oof. and she was coming out of the bathroom, so she clearly found one of these other keys to get to the bathroom, and I caught her coming back out of the front door, and I was coming in, yeah. and I just pointed her, and I was like, you and me in the office right now. And I was fuming. And she just stopped dead. And she just started crying. Just tears down. And I said, not here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And the guy that was doing stamps, I remember it was Taylor, he just started that position. And later that night, he's like, I don't know you, like, at all, but you're scary. He's yeah. like, I almost shit myself when you, he's like, <laughs> you weren't even yelling at me, and I was ready to cry, too. <laughs> like, bartender, nice enough girl, but she just picked the worst time to try and come get keys from me. Yeah, and she got it out, and she realized her mistake, and we sat there and patted her on the back while she cried and said sorry, and then we sent her back up to her, and it was kind of a warning, like... To be fair, it should be easier to go to the bathroom <laughs> rather than finding keys. But it was the worst. It was no, like, it was, not. It was like, like hot said, potato with these keys. There are enough keys, especially the ones that are at the front door. So if they aren't at the door, someone is in the washroom with them. I know. The worst was when they would come to me and ask me for the key. I'm like, it's being used. And they would just stand there and wait. I was like, how about you go back to work and come back in 10 minutes? It's like, nope, just stand there and waste 15 minutes. I walked in on a cop. I'm <laughs> because I have a key me. myself, so I never have to ask anybody to go get the key. But there's a lock so on I, the inside of the door. Now there is. That's before we put a yes. lock on the door. So you could just go in. And I remember like going in, and it's kind of like a little hallway, and then it, the toilet is to the like right. Yeah. And I remember walking in and turning and just seeing police across the back because he wasn't he wasn't facing me. He was facing the wall, and I was just like, oh, sorry. And I was like, man, out of everybody to walk in on. Pick cop. Yeah, somebody walked in on me once, and I was like, you can come in for a free show, but I'm not going <laughs> to finish anytime soon. So, Okay, you know what? Another thing as, as a bartender, so other than in a nightclub, you, you've worked in bars as well. Mm-hmm. You ever have, but you know in movies you always see, like there's always like one guy sitting alone just drinking the whole night away. Do, did you ever have that happen? All the time. Do they ever, do this like tell you their life story or what do they do there? The regulars come in every night, yeah. drink everything they've made that day. And yeah, it, they're, I, regulars, they're super nice. Yeah. Um, a lot of them do have stories, whether like, you know, their, their kids are older, they're divorced and they live at home alone and they just finished their shift and they're having a couple before they go home. And, but yeah, no, people sit there and they drink the night away and you you know what their order is you chit chat with them you find out how this is going you find out what their hobbies are the hobbies are drinking at the bar all day <laughs> after work um yeah and the thing is like restaurant bartending compared to nightclub like you actually nightclub bartending you don't need a personality yes it's a bonus you're kind of yeah. just you're good at your job you look pretty great you're doing you're gonna do well Restaurant bartending, though, you need a personality. You need to be able to have a conversation with somebody. You need to be able to fill that awkward silence. Yeah. Like you're, you, you chit chat with them. You get to know them. You're their therapist, their counselor. You, hey, my daughter's about your age. You know, um, she's going through this. Like, you know, how is it with you and stuff like that. And I mean, they're super nice. And sometimes I feel super bad for them because. Like, you are, this is your life. You come here and you sit here and you drink all night, but... Yeah, like, I used to, I used to bartend at a banquet hall. Yeah. So, anytime people weren't coming in to actually have, like, a a party or whatever, there'd just be, like, a small bar on the side. And people would just come sit there and just, like, tell you their life story. Like, Mm -hmm. without knowing anything about you, they'd just be like, uh, blah, 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 this is, this is what I just did, like, 
so-and-so did this to me, or I went to the doctor, and this is what they told me today. I'm like, like, why are you just telling a random? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, like, they, like, if you don't know their drink, like, yeah. I've been here all week long, and you don't know that I drink Coors Light bottle and a shot of Jaeger, and you're like, <laughs> they get mad. Yeah. You still drink this? Like, come on. <laughs> it's been some <laughs> long time. Is, they've been drinking it for six years every day. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I never get to that stage. But you know what? Like, so it's interesting that having regulars at a at a bar, but we'd also have regulars come in at the door and they would just like talk to us like we were the best friends as well and tell yeah. us their life stories and how their week was. Yeah. Like we were like their best, yeah, like their best friend. It was really weird always. And then it, you kind of get to know their names and like, like their stories. It's not like they wanted anything from you. They were just needed somebody to talk to. Yeah. I think the alcohol helps them loosen up a little bit. And, mm-hmm. You know, maybe they need to tell you something that they can't tell their family or they just need to get something off their, get chest off their chest and, you know, it's bothering them and you're, you're somebody who's just going to listen and nod and reply back and then they can carry on with their day. And it's not something that's going to burden you and that you're not going to think about it. You're going to just mm-hmm. brush it off and move on with your day and you, you both kind of win and you get someone to talk to sometimes when it's really dead and instead of just standing there cleaning the same glass do bartenders clean the same glass like they do in the saloons all the time yeah. where you just sit there and clean one just glass polishing after another. the same one this has happened uh, I've, I've done that I've polished glassware while talking to somebody at a restaurant the same cup for like an hour well yeah I guess depending on the conversation gotcha right it's, it's a very nice like break because you can finish polishing that glass and you can walk away to put it away because then you're not stuck talking to that person or you can sit there and polish it as long as that conversation's going on ah. the, the, the key is always have an exit plan <laughs> okay see that that's smart yeah see with, with security all we have to do is pretend we hear something in our earpiece <laughs> you hold your hand up and look all confused or worried and then you you run away yeah. you gotta go oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> Or there were times I didn't even have an earpiece in, and I would do it. I just put my hand up to my ear and walk away. I'd be like, "Fuck this guy," and I'd go hide in the office or something. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the nice thing with here is like, if somebody came to my bar that I was so sick of talking to all night long, I would just lean over to the other bartender and be like, "Hey, can you cover this one?" And then you just go to the bathroom yeah. or you disappear, and you know, it's. But a restaurant bartender, you can't get away you're the only one on yeah now what is the best tip you can get for someone coming into the nightclub to i don't want to say get your attention but do bartenders just go with whoever's waving money in their face whoever yells the loudest whoever bangs on the bar yeah what oh what, my God. what how do you work the bar oh the snap they do the yeah snap. the snap eye contact should we stare at you really hard should we be like New Year's, I had do? somebody come up, you know, we give away little, like, gifts, and they yeah. had one of those, like, yeah, and they just came up, and they were, voo, 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 voo. I snatched that thing so fast out of their hands, I was like, one more time! <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You pushing through, or you slapping the bar, or snapping your fingers, actually is probably going to make you wait longer. We have a full bar, and I would rather serve people who are patiently waiting there than you who is 
being rude. Plus, there's six other bartenders. I don't care if you wait five more minutes and get mad at me and leave. I don't, I don't care. You're still going to get your drink somewhere else. But you not see me waving this $5 at you like I am the most important thing here? Well, this, well, is, this $5, is your tip. lady. Yeah. $5. The drink is four fifty. The rest is you. Yeah. No. Okay, that's interesting. So, <laughs> how much... So let's say a drink is four fifty. How much tip do you expect? Fifty cents. Like that would be like good. Fifty cents would be like average. Twenty five right. cents is like eh. You have people that just collect their whole change and walk away, and then you have the really nice people that go back in their wallet and they're digging for that loony. Um, you try to give them back as much change as possible. This is horrible. I hate this. By the way, <laughs> I know you try to give them back as much change as possible. So say they pay, um, they get a 450 drink and they give you a $10 bill, you're going to give them two toonies, a loonie, and two quarters. Yeah, it's as the a worst. change. Yeah. Because most girls don't have pockets when they well, come to the I bar. Do. And by the end of the night, it is full of change. <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to do with that change? No, because I keep pulling out a new bill <laughs> yeah, every time. Well, pay with your bill. change. I never want to count it and like, no. drop it all over the place. Oh my God. People empty their wallets on the bar too. They can go to hell. <laughs> You don't like people in 25, a nickel and dime. Uh, is this a, a dollar? And you're like, you have a full bar. And when it comes to speed bartending, you don't, you're not making, you're not making a percentage on a drink. You're gonna make more money the faster you go. The higher right. your sales are at the end of the night, the more money you're gonna make. As for a restaurant, the more percentage on a tip of a bill is the better that you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. So you, I can, I can serve probably two or three customers, depending on their how big their drink order is, within a minute. As soon as you start pulling out your change and or a debit machine, you are taking away customers slash tips from me when I know I could potentially not get a tip from you. So we become frustrated because, you know, it's supposed to be a quick thing. It's supposed to be fast. You dumping your wallet and sliding coins to me, is this a dollar? Like, no, your job is to count the money. I've already given you the drink. Like, let's just go. And, yeah. of course, you've slid them the drink, and they put the money, and they go, oh, I don't have the rest. And then you learn to their friend, and then they turn around, and, like, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, At that point, you now, just not take the drink, turn around, oh, walk, move on to someone else, and when you, you collect your, your 250 I will slide this now <laughs> drink that. that has the ice starting to melt. A nice person that's struggling counting their money, I'll put their drink on the back of the bar. They can get it. Keep serving a couple people. If you're that person and you're slapping on the bar and I come to you and point to you and I'm ready and you turn around and go, oh, what do you want to drink? What do you want to drink? Oh, what? Oh, okay. Uh, I go, eh, we're out of time. Like, no. And if you can't make the money, I've literally sure. taken their cup and just poured it in the sink, just plain out, just staring them down because I don't give a fuck. That's, that's kind of mean. That's, that's, <laughs> that would break my heart. Figure it that's out. Savage. It's not your first time to a bar. What if it is their first time to a bar and you've just ruined it for them? Good. Good. No. Yes, you their can... first time in oh. Canada and they don't know what they're supposed to order <laughs> yeah. and then you just did this to Yeah, them. but their first time at the bar, they're not going to walk right up to the bar and start slamming on the bar. But that's if how they do it in They're going to sit there yes. and they're going to watch that's what they do. and they're going to slowly approach and they're going to order a sex on the beach while giggling, and you're like, okay, can I see your ID again, please? Because I don't oh, even know. Oh, because I don't trust. I don't trust the donut staff. They're a bunch of idiots. Let me try and read. I don't know what I'm looking at here, but okay. No, I call security guards over to double check IDs. Oh, that's true. And I've, I've only done it a couple times. Okay. Um, 
Okay, this is a good one. Is VIP worth it? Yeah. Like, I mean... Depends on what bar you're going to. So you have the other bars in town where, you know, bottle service is, like, their thing. They have the sparklers and the flashy signs and it's me, me, me and showing... Fine, if you want VIP and you want to be that important person, then yeah, do it. When it comes to a normal bar, VIP, I've booked it for myself. I've come in and had it, but I want bottle service. So it's not skipping the line as a bonus and having all our friends come in, those are bonuses. But the main point is I want to sit, pour my own drinks, and just be in a nightclub just by myself. And it's not, that's kind of weird, but like... I want to be, I want to have my friends and that I want to be special, but I don't want to be put on a stage, I guess. Um, I think it's worth it. Um, For me, it's worth it because buying that bottle is cheaper than buying all my drinks at the bar. Mm -hmm. It seems Mm -hmm. like it's more expensive to buy the bottle. It's expensive. Like the prices are definitely jacked up on bottle service. Yeah. But... You do. Like, Jeff has a good point. He can make a double drink for himself. It's not recommended, but he can pour his own drink how he wants it. Um, when it comes down to it, if I'm going to charge you 450 per shot and you're getting 26 shots at 450 again, bartenders don't do math, so I don't know what that equals. <laughs> or you pay $100 for bottle service, you are probably going to save money. Yeah. When the few times me and my brothers went out, we would get bottles. Yeah. Because we're pretty good drinkers, and to spend 300 bucks a night going out back and forth to the bar, it, it didn't add up compared to we buy two, two bottles and at bottle service, yeah. and for 200 bucks for both of us, and we, we do all right. And you don't have to wait in line for a drink. You don't have to wait. We can you have those have doubles. server. We can just kind of drink Sit as there. fast as we want, as slow as we want and not be worried about it, but still be able to make our drinks come down, um, socialize, try and hit on girls, get in little fights in the corner, and run back up to our booth before security finds us. Yeah. I mean, not that that ever happened, but it happened. Well, and then too, like, you get to enjoy the nightclub by being pushed around and trying to dance on the dance floor when there's no room, but then you also have this, like, escape. You get to go sit and... Depending yeah. on what it is, like, I know we offer, like, food packages, so I could show up at my own little booth and have nachos sitting there, and my own bottle service nachos, and I get to look down and watch the fights on the dance floor happening. Yeah. Like, you know what the interesting thing about that is, though, is that when you have VIP, you're supposed to be with, like, your group of friends, but there's always fights in the VIP, and I hated running up the stairs to the VIP <laughs> yeah, here, to here break up people's friends who are leaving together. Yeah. Yeah, here it is bad, especially, I remember a few times I would sit on stage, and all of a sudden you look up, and there's a fight, back of the bar, all the way upstairs, and it's like, I gotta run up two flights of stairs, through all these people, and it is so bad, it takes you like, you can take a solid two minutes for something that, when there's no one in the bar, you can walk across in 20 seconds. Yeah. By the time you're there, like... Thankfully, they're tired of fighting. You're coming in fresh. You're able to usually round them a bit, but sometimes it can suck trying to get up there for their fights. 
And it's usually because, like, so-and-so's having a birthday party and invited a bunch of people, and then they went on the dance floor and met some more people, and now they're coming up, and then, then now yes. they're helping themselves to the bottle, which they didn't buy. Or, right. And that's usually when things go south. Gotcha. Speaking of which, so, so Jeff, you just mentioned how we have to go through so many people. I know a lot of times when I would be going through, I would bump into people and their drinks would fall. Did you ever ever have to comp those things? Yep. Yep. I think a few times I've done it where I've ran into a fight and I've knocked bottles out and I kind of look back and you look at me like, ah, shit, sorry. And then after the fight, I will come find them and be like, that was my bad, sorry. Let's go get you another drink or another drink or two. I apologize. And I've also had it where security has come up and be like, this person's mad, you know, security knocked their drink out and. So I'll go look on the camera sometimes and look. And sometimes it's happened. Sometimes it's like it spilt a little. And I'm like, I'm not going to go replace your drink because you lost a sip. Because security, you can hear security yelling and they stand there and look at them. And then don't get out of the way. Yeah. But I've done it where I've replaced drinks that we've knocked over. I think we had a phone once too. I think somebody got their cell phone knocked out of their hands and yeah. it got stepped on and we ended up meeting with them and helping them get their screen fixed and everything like that but that was 100% like it wasn't like like they happened to be right at the fight and got knocked over when the security guards were like it was it was a it was a special situation yeah that's fair I know I did security at this one restaurant and a fight broke out and like a pretty big fight so like all the security was on their way and this, like, new waitress had, like, a tray full of drinks. Oh, no. <laughs> she was at the bar, and security's coming in. She didn't hear us coming. She had the whole thing. She just picked it up and turned around, and security came and plowed, I think it was, like, probably, like, six drinks. This went everywhere in a pitcher. And she's like, oh, no. And I was like, I was like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> like, <and we> <laughs> Get we, out of the way. Yeah. Then we went and dealt with everything. And after, she's like, why would you do that? I was like, why would you not realize we were coming? <laughs> yeah. We are pretty big, and... When we, when we start running, a lot of people turn and look, and you can see from across the bar, you know. security is going somewhere. Yeah, It's the same rule, though, on the bar. So a lot of people are, you know, more drunk than they should be, and you give them their drink, they turn around, they drop it, and they're like, oh, I dropped my drink. And you're like, no, I'm not giving you, a, like, a refund or anything like that. But if... I give you your drink and you turn around and somebody slams into you and the drink spills. Well, yeah, I'll grab you another one. Or, you know, you, you put it on the bar and somebody just hit it with their hand because they were chit-chatting. Yeah, okay, I'll grab that. But if you grab it in your hand and you go to cheers your friend and you drop it, then I'm not going to give you a that's your own fault kind of thing. But I think it's just a courtesy thing. That's fair. Well, I think we talked about this with someone else. How are you with the vomit broken bones, the bleeding, the fights. Does anything like that bother you? Well, the vomit's for the busters. <laughs> okay. Do you ever, like, you're walking, and you know that feeling when you step in some puke, mm. and then you stand there for a second and be like, motherfucker, I just stepped in some puke, and then it, it hits you. Does that make you gag if you see someone else, if you see that girl who's been drinking all night doing, like, the little, like, woodpecker kind of heat, dry heat, and you go... She's going to puke. Does that trigger you? No. See, okay. Because I'm behind the bar most of the time, I don't have to deal with worrying about stepping. If I'm going to step in anything, it's a mess that I've made myself. Have you ever been puked on? 
Uh, no, I've had people puke at my bar, and it's gone on my bar, and then that's like, ooh, and you just have to shut down your bar until yeah. it's cleaned up. But you grab the busters, and they do it for you, and then you give them a $20 bill at the end of the night. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> the I've, I've done down. more, like, when I've come around, walking around the bar, stepping in, like, the kitty litter. Yeah. And being like, oh, yeah, that, that used to be puke. Um, it's the smell for me. <laughs> you know where someone puked. Yeah. Sometimes you can't see it, and then a fight happens right there, and then they get outside, they're covered in this, like, ah, I know what you just did. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like, and I've come out on situations where, you know, um, a beer bottle was hit and caused a cut, and those things don't bother me. I think the only one that kind of bothered me was um, Dallas has the two stairs, and a girl decided to jump down the flight of the stairs, and uh. she broke her ankle. And she was wearing heels, and it was right at the end of the night. And I think I came around the corner. And oh, was this the one that was by Kochek? Yeah. Ooh, I and remember that one. That one was bad. Huh? That was, like, the worst yeah. break I've seen. Because it was, like, I came around the corner. I was, like, oh, is everyone okay? I did the exact There's enough security the guards exact here. Because <laughs> I'm I'm not good with broken bones. I've broken too many of them. I know how it feels. I've broken my yeah. ankle multiple times. I have not broken anything. And I hate, I hate... <laughs> broken bones and just like just looking at them is this horrid i like i can't even watch videos of people yeah. breaking bones on skateboards or whatever i just hate that stuff mm -hmm. um so i literally broke my ankle coming into dallas one night and then still worked the entire shift and it was one of the worst just the dumbest things ever actually no it wasn't dallas i was i was managing roxanne's at the time and then i started coming to dallas because I could sit down more <laughs> when I stopped working Roxanne's. Gotcha. Uh, the smell of puke is gross. Yeah. Like, when they do puke at your bar, you... Ugh. When... At what point do you start cutting people off? What, what signs do you kind of <laughs> look for? See, in the nightclub, we kind of... Well, I don't know if we're supposed to, but you kind of let people drink a little bit more than I would, like, at a restaurant. Like, yeah, we've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> But I make better tips. Oh, I'm glad you made better tips. <laughs> Great. I love that for you. Yeah. Um, it's simple things. It's when they can't grab their money out of their wallet or they dump their wallet and you have debit cards and credit cards and their coat check ticket all over the bar. And um, But it's, it's how they order. You can tell once they start slurring their words or how they approach the bar, you can tell. Um, usually what happens is because you have like a bar full um, – People that you're iffy about, you can have them wait a little bit longer. So you can easily skip them and keep serving, but also keep your eye on them. And giving them that a little bit, or I've slid water over to them and see how they react with the water. And you know, and I've seen that trick. I've seen you do it actually. This guy came up and he was pretty hammered, and he's like, "Can I get a beer?" And you're like, "Yep." And grabbed water, slid it to him. He just looked at it and just like, "Okay," and just drank it and walked away. <laughs> And sometimes I say, hey, like, you're getting pretty close to the end. I yeah. said, if you chug this water, and by chug, I mean don't chug and puke it, but, like, you know, finish this water, and then we can chit-chat, and we can talk about what we're going to do next kind of thing. Pizza? Yeah. Go home. <laughs> cool. or, and, that, and that also gives you a little bit of time to watch them, but also kind of grab a security guard and maybe get a second opinion. Be like, hey, listen, this guy's right on the edge. I'm okay with giving him maybe just one drink. No, no shots, no hard liquor, just, like, one full drink and yeah. then it's or if it's the end of the night What's the difference he can't get a shot and, and a one drink. drink there's not it's just they don't people puke more after shots than they do drinks 
Okay. <laughs> That's because they're already at that point. They're trying to add extra in. Yeah. They're already gone. Yeah. Yeah. I just I like the water trick or I'm like, okay, hey, yeah, like how about how about we go? And the thing is with Dallas, like when you cut somebody off, again, there's six other bars. You have to you don't get cut off, you get kicked out. Like once yeah. you're done drinking, there's no way that we can watch and make sure that you don't just walk across the little hallway over to the other bartender and order around over there. And your buddy doesn't start just feeding you drinks and all yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. What is one thing that sticks out in your mind of something you'll never forget from working at the bars. Okay, this one story keeps popping in my head. Um, the liquor inspectors were here. And we give bottles of champagne to the VIPs. Um, yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and um, anyways, the rule, always the rule, you can't drink from the bottle. We usually, um, we we always pop the champagne bottle before we give it to the customers. Yeah. Anyways, the liquor inspectors were walking around. I think we had, I think they were training. I think there was one in a trainer. Yeah. Um, we had the one girl. She's fantastic. Um, super nice. She's, she's nice, very yeah. reasonable. Always tells us straight how it is. Um, we usually catch up with her, find out how she's doing. Um, she's like, I've had her come up to the bar and she's like, hey, listen, um, these two people approaching the bar, I'm going to check their IDs. So pre-warn your bartender. And so I can quickly run over there, get the bartender to pull out the IDs, and then they'll look it over or before they serve. And it's she's she's very talkative. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Anyways, she was here with a trainee, and they were walking around. And we've never really had an issue with champagne bottles. Everybody usually just drinks them, has a good time. The most issues we have is, say, maybe they drink it right from the bottle instead of pouring it in a cup. Right. Right when she walked by... This VIP, the guy decides to grab the champagne bottle, cover it with his hand, and shake it. Oh. <laughs> covered, covered the liquor inspectors in champagne. Yeah. And so I never saw this. Um, I usually try to make an appearance, so I knew they were there. I knew they were at the front door. I went over, and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And she's like, well, I'm covered in champagne. And it was like, fuck. Like, what does this mean for us? Like, you don't know how they're going to react. Like, she knew that this wasn't a typical thing. It was luck of the draw. She said the bouncers were right on it. As soon as it happened, they went right over, removed the bottle, kicked the people out. So the situation was handled well. But, man, I <laughs> that one sticks yeah. out. When that situation <laughs> happens, the same thing of, oh, fuck. Is this happening? <laughs> what, what, what do I do now? And it's like, all right, get people in there. So we're dealing with situation. Whatever we do, I don't know yet. I don't know if we're going to talk to them, kick them out. But show that we're dealing with the situation. And it's not just like, eh, it happened. Oh, well. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I was was just catching up to them because I didn't know they came in yet. So I was catching up to go talk to them. And it happened. And I'm like, shit. (laughs) But that's happened once where... I'm like... Do you want a coat that's been left here for three years? I'll go grab one for you. Yeah. But again, she's great. We'd always talk after and like just shoot the shit for another 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I would call every other manager and be like, liquor inspector was just here. Yeah. Get your shit under control. That's when you guys just like run around the bar and you're like, okay, you're out, you're out, you're out, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Well, my biggest trick was I would see who they're looking at. I'd get back 10 feet. I'd radio my head of security and be like, kick that person out and then a minute later 
they're kicking the person out who they were just looking at and be like, oh yeah, I was just looking at them. They looked a little drunk. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were looking, watching them for a little while. <laughs> and she go, oh, that's great. Good job. Like, yeah, I can see where you're looking too. I think being like the heads of security, like you know each other. So like I know when they came to the bars that I was working at, I would message Jeff. Be like, yeah. liquor inspector was here just now. And then you message the next place, the next place. So that we all kind of know that they're in this area. Yeah, we know when they're around kind of. You figure out where they're going. Of You've talked to so-and-so in Waterloo. You realize they've been there for the last few hours. And they're going to work their way down here. You can, you can kind of tell if, like what they're looking for. Because if they come to the bar and they're only there for five minutes, yeah. that means they're just kind of making their rounds. But if they come and stay for more than like 20 minutes, that means they're actually looking for something. Yeah. That means they probably had a call to look for something that's happening there. The worst is when they come right around last call. Yes. Because you're like... Because you were being lenient. You're like, ah, oh, they can't get any more alcohol. Yeah. Might as well as be drunk in here instead of go out there and cause a, yeah. a circus out there. Yeah. And they walk in and you're like, oh, fuck, kick this person out, kick this person out. Like, everyone needs to go home. Yeah. Just shut the music off. But really yeah. the worst is when one shows up and another shows up. And then there's four of them here. That's yeah. the worst. And yeah. they're all trying to show whose dick is bigger by how badly they're fucking you from one little situation. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing when it comes down to like fake IDs and everything, like there's some pretty good ones out there. Like 100%. I give credit. It sucks when say somebody does find one in the bar because they don't see the stack of IDs that we that you have taken we've that taken night. away or declined at the door. Um, and they they get that 10, 15 minutes to check, and they have the cops run it. And the cops run it. And they ask this question and this versus the 30 seconds we would spend with them trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I remember one more fake ID story. Um, I remember coming to the front door. I don't, it might've been during your time, but mm. I come to the front door and the girl had a fake ID, but it was a passport and it was her sister's passport. Okay. And um, her sister was leaving the next yes, morning yes, yes. to Jamaica or something like that. And because it was a fake ID and it wasn't hers, we had to confiscate it. So her sister was not getting her passport to leave on the trip the next morning. Yes. And the problem and is... And the cops took it. A lot of the time, <laughs> I would take those and then I would take them to the police station. So she couldn't even call them. Like, oh, I lost my passport at Dallas last night. Can I come pick it up? Which we, we would get sometimes. People would get their IDs taken. They would say, oh, I lost it. And it'd be like in the box of like... <laughs> confiscated path or IDs and like no you didn't this was this was taken because you gave it to someone so no you're not getting it back you can pick <laughs> it up you can pick it up from central division yeah. tomorrow yeah or oh, whenever they want to so try bad. and give it to you but nah, I'm not giving that back no. No. are there any other stories that kind of stick out in your head uh, the Corona guy that one sticks out every once in a while so some guy ordered um, a Corona from me and um, what we usually did is we had a cup of cut-up limes, oh, and yeah. we would place it on the bar. Um, I wouldn't put a lime on everybody's drink. It'd be kind of, if you want the lime, you grab it out of the cup and put it on your drink or in your drink. This was before COVID. Yeah. And anyways, this guy comes to the bar, and uh, he orders a Corona, so I pop it, and I say, hey, do you want a lime? And he's like, yeah. So I slid the cup of limes over, and I turn around to get the change, and I turn back, and he's pouring his whole Corona in this 
full cup of cut up wines. Like, I mean, there's probably five wines cut up in this cup, and he's just pouring his drink all over it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, oh, sorry. And it's like, oh, fuck you, you're out of here. <laughs> Did you actually kick him out for it? No. 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 Actually, you know what happened? His buddy joined, and I was like, look at your friend. Look how stupid he is. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a lot better. Because you know his friends roasted him all night. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry, nobody else in the bar wanted any limes. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that bartenders would be very particular about their lemons and limes. Because apparently it's a hot commodity getting, like, a full cup of lemons and limes at the beginning of the night. Well, because they had to be prepped. Yeah. I know, like, at the, the Revolution, again, the bussers would have to go in early to cut up all the limes. They had the machine to just do it. Oh, they, and, got, they, they had, had a machine. machine. Yeah. <laughs> they had a machine because they had to go because they had so many bars. Like Seventeen bars there. Yeah. Right, fifteen hundred people. They just had the little machine, so it would take two or three people like a good hour and a half to cut up these limes, yeah. and then you have to do lemons. <laughs> like it just, it was horrible. Yeah. That's Bartender why shooter, it was the cocktailers would come in early. Yeah. And they would do all that. They would hand cut them. And I remember for the longest time, all the knives were super dull. It took forever. And you take them home and sharpen them, and then they start cutting their fingers off. Yeah. And we would do, like, if somebody ordered a round of tequilas, I would just slide the shaker, uh, salt shaker down, and the cup of lemons. And then you would just see them all take their lemon, and then they throw it back in the cup. And you're like, fuck off. Like, that's all garbage now, too. Yeah. Or they take their shot and put their cup in the. Yes. And it's like, ah. Uh, so you end up. You put it back, but then you're losing time because you have to grab it and individually put it on each shot. And Yes. I had it where I just left the big container behind the bar and say you would order three shots of tequila. I would just grab three. Well, I wouldn't. I'd just grab the handful, whether it's two or three lemons, and then just put it in a, a different cup. And that way, if you put your dirties in there, then you didn't ruin the whole cup. That's fair. But, yeah. There's probably a million other stories that I could just go on and on about and that, that just yeah that's fair so what <laughs> what kept you at the bar for so long the or, people the people I work with honestly okay. like um, people I've worked with in the past um, like Mandy we haven't worked together in a couple of years now but yeah. you know you still keep in touch with them you still know what's going on in their life um, you still owe us some light up for drinks in your backyard. I do, I do. Um, <laughs> but like all my friends are people I've met through the bar industry. And Same, all my yeah. current friends are yeah, all people from the bar. We were talking about that on one of the other episodes where it's like, you think back of, well, I know this person from the bar. And I, yeah, they're from the bar, they're from the bar. Do I have friends outside of the bar? <laughs> no, because my life was the bar. I don't and, think I do either. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I love my friends. They're all awesome. Yeah. I love it. Except you, Jacob. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I like it. It's like everyone kind of has, like, that personality. Like, everyone's bubbly. Everybody's friendly. Everybody cares. Everybody, like, it doesn't matter how long you don't talk to somebody. You see them, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, tell me what you're doing with your life. And, and yeah. True. The... The parties, the after parties, the Christmas parties, the oh, they're just Always fun. so good. Oh, the company Christmas parties. <laughs> Those were the, good times. The ones that I'm supposed to supervise, but I ended oh. up getting just as low as the staff. <laughs> yeah, <Amazing. laughs> because you know 
you know I'm going to end up doing it. And then you start jumping on the bar and dancing anyway, because <laughs> you know it boils my blood. Uh, but there were good times. They were they, really they were good fantastic. times. Some of the best. Now, have, is there a divide between uh, bartenders and security? No. You, you don't think so? Overall, like, at least at Dallas, I don't think there is. There is a couple of bartenders that I know that just come in and do their job and leave and you know, they, they chit-chat a little bit, but nothing crazy. And then there's the bartenders that we all join you guys for breakfast the next, or uh, after our shift, and stick around, and I don't know. I, yeah. I like, A, it benefits me, <laughs> in a way. As a, as a bartender, knowing all the security guards, it's the best. That means I can literally call anybody at any time, and they'll be there for me. Not that you guys wouldn't, but... Even the new guys, just going and introducing yourself. But some bartenders don't do that. Um, Not at all. <laughs> and they just expect you to show up and kick somebody out because they were rude back to them. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, you know, but at least, like, you guys know me and how I operate. So, you know, if I'm calling you over and this person's being rude, you're like, okay, let's get them out. There's no questions asked. And you know because and, you're their boss and they kind of have to do what <laughs> you say yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but... I don't know. There is a little bit of a division of the bartenders and the security, but I don't think it's as big as, say, when I first started at Dallas. It was I found it very, like, security was security, I and agree. bartenders were bartenders, and I know that we definitely closed that yep. gap. It, it was very different when I first started the same thing, like, fuck, would have been, like, ten years ago now. But That's true. It was very, security came in, we, we did our thing. Bartenders were were stuck up, and they, they like to wave their their tips and get their tips, and be like, "I'm leaving with my three hundred dollars now." I'm like, cool, thanks for over serving that guy who just punched me in the face. But thankfully, throughout the years, everything has come back together, and now yeah. together we just hate on the beer runners and those little fucks <laughs> <laughs> until we need them to clean up puke. <laughs> well, we're bigger than them, so they're gonna clean up that puke. Right. So yeah. that, that's not something that's bothered me. All right. To sum up, um, would you recommend for people to work in bars? 100%. Yeah. Um, dealing with people on the other side of the bar or on the sober side of things really opens your eyes on how people act, how to handle situations. It's definitely helped me, A, be way more friendlier and get to know people and build relationships, but also in a situation going all the way back to 12 bars when it's like, oh, fuck, what, like, this is it, what do I do? Like, you you learn how to act on your feet and do it well. And if things don't go well, you sit down with the staff at the end of the night and we all talk about, okay, what happened? What do we need to improve on? Where's the disconnect of... It's team building, it's fun, and again, it's not, it doesn't feel like work. It This is, like, my hobby. My second job, and I come in here, and it's relaxing, in a way. True. So yeah, 100% I would recommend working in the industry. Perfect. Wonderful. Anything else you'd like to add as we wrap it up? No, other than thank you guys for letting me be part of this. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> I felt thank so you for important coming. when you guys asked It's me. always good to hear, the, the like you've said before, the sober side of the bar and the, the other side that we don't usually see or hear about. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get your side out. And we get to hear all the other stories that maybe we haven't heard. 
Yeah, you know, from the episodes that we've already had, a lot of people that have listened actually said that it's interesting to hear the stuff that we've done because they never know. They come to a bar just thinking it's a good time, cause some trouble, and then we're all the douchebags that work here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually interesting. So it's good. So thank you for sharing your side and the manager side of it. Um, yeah. And definitely the bartender side. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. All right, everyone, have a good night. Thanks for joining us, and take care. See you guys next time.